sometimes we, we really get into it with guests and we'll have to kind of keep an eye on things. And so you just like, you know, hold up your hand or something. If you're, if you notice, like we're getting high on time and we haven't said anything. So yeah. Or just leave, then, just like exit, just, like I'm yeah. done. Yeah. <laughs> Storm out. Welcome to Middleish, the podcast about moderation in all things. I am Erin Green. And I am Michael Gray. How's it going? And this is the podcast of odd sounding hosts because your voice is odd. Does mine sound weird? I have a stuffed nose. And so I'm just curious. It sounds yeah, weird it sounds in my head. sounds so weird. Yeah. You sound like weird. Us. What do you, who are you calling weird? <laughs> I can't decide if I'm like Barry White, sexy or Kermit the Frog, ridiculous. Maybe. <laughs> Barry the Frog. Have, Maybe that's who I am. <laughs> I Barry the Frog. I have been told a few times that you have a soothing and um, sort of uh, captivating voice. And so it's my NPR voice. Let's Hello. Welcome <laughs> to the show. <laughs> sweaty balls. Should we do the sweaty balls? We, we, I think we should. We keep in around it and it's Christmas time. Let's do it. Maybe we should introduce our guest today. <laughs> we we can do that have <laughs> a guest and this is exciting because this, we just had a guest a couple weeks ago. So mm-hmm. I would love to introduce Mark Breeden. He is a trainer and um, I think just a really positive influencer in the social media space. And that's mm-hmm. how I reached out to you, Mark. Mark, say hi. Hi, thanks for having me. I think you both sound great. No worries. Feel free to move the conversation wherever you want to move it towards. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, we're excited Thank to have you. you here, man. You sound great, by the way. We, I don't know about us, but <laughs> yeah, you guys sound you guys sound fine. Absolutely, we did this and on like, purpose so that you would sound better, right? I think it just makes <laughs> lift the conversation more interesting. I just think it makes yeah. Provides yeah, a new absolutely. provides new value to the episode. I think this yeah. is totally right. <laughs> that's a really nice way to put that, Mark. <laughs> Always a positive spin to everything. That's right. Silver lining. <laughs> so, Mark, you are you're I'm just gonna read real briefly your profile so people can get to know you. You're sure. an online strength coach for women um, who use strength to build their confidence and feel like a badass lifter, which I totally love that. Um, Mark is passionate about helping those who don't fit the typical mold and that's M O U L D. Cause Mark is from Alberta, Canada. So I'm just, just throwing that out there. Um, who don't fit the typical mold of someone who is strong and showing that strength is for everyone. Mark's mission is to change the focus of why we exercise and Mark wants to improve or sorry, Mark wants to move away from training for the weight on the scale, instead of using exercise for health, self-confidence and feeling strong. I think that resonates with both of us. Gee, why did we want to talk to him? (laughs) It's like all the stuff we love. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's a, yeah, it's, it's a different niche for sure. I think like either you love it or you think it's super weird. And I think Mm -hmm. that there's like a lot of misconceptions that exist. Um, so I'm happy to talk about it and I'm happy to like talk about it more. And I think that there's, um, a lot of misconceptions when you remove weight out of, like completely from the process okay. that like, that's still like pretty, pretty new. And then I think that there's, um, we have some like bad advocates. I'll be honest. There are some like people who like maybe like are too loud in the space that provide more problems than solutions. But I think there's also just some misconceptions on like what that looks like, because I think there's this idea that if you don't focus on weight, well, like, what do you, what do you do? I've had that asked before. It's like, well, if you're not focused yeah. on weight, like, like what is even your job at that point? Like, and then I think yeah. we, we can kind of talk about that, but also just like what that looks like in terms of like health, in terms of like, like, what does the process look like? So I'm, I'm excited to talk about all of that. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, I agree. You know, I, I'm a trainer too. And it's like, if, if a client or a prospective client, if like, we're not talking about weight, it's like, well, then what is the point of any of this? Right. Like right. it's all been boiled down to get smaller and that's all that matters. <laughs> yeah. How many, how yeah. many calories did this exercise burn me? And like, what exactly. is the workout? Yeah. Yeah. And it's right. a, it's a totally different way of looking at training as well. And that like, mm-hmm. um, the process can be somewhat similar, but like you end up just doing things for like totally different reasons, which I think is like, which is, I think is good. I think it's like really valuable, but, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, we, we can definitely talk more about it. 
Yeah. Cool. So tell us your story. Like, how did you, how did you come into the space to, you know, train strong women and what's your background with, um, you know, strength coaching, personal training, all of it. Yeah. So I'll just give like a, like a brief summary. So I kind of started strength training myself. Um, I would say it was like grade 12, first year university. Um, and really like my reasons for training at that point are far different from my own. I was 18 years old and I had, you know, the idea that, you know, you wanted to look good to, you know, get women, that kind of stuff, yep. very shallow reasons <laughs> at the beginning. Um, and really had like an aesthetic focus to training just in general. Like that was, you know, the reason that I came in, I was doing training biceps like five times a week, like not stuff that I would <laughs> recommend now. Like it was, you know, um, and I did that for a long time. I would say like four or five years. And there was like a few things that I noticed is that one, it was like, not as fulfilling because you end up just kind of comparing yourself to like other people who are like, you know, bigger and more like aesthetically pleasing than yourself or like, like in whatever way you wanted to find that. Um, and that it ends up being kind of this comparison trap. And, you know, this is, you know, a lot of bodybuilders talk about this too, is that like, you're never big enough is like, I was kind of like the mm -hmm. idea. And like, um, so for me, um, I switched to a more strength focused, originally like very powerlifting esque kind of training. Mm -hmm. I did like compete for a bit. And what I noticed about like moving to straight strength and becoming less about like what I looked like is it was honestly just like a better process and a better experience because it became less about like what I looked like and more about like what my body could do. And that was a really cool thing. And that you, it was very fulfilling and it became more about like, you know, am I stronger than myself? Like six months ago, as opposed to like, well, am I, you know, do I, am I more muscular than like that guy? Or like, do I look better than that person? It became the journey became a lot more about like self-improvement. Um, and that was just like more enjoyable as a process. And right. when I eventually became a trainer and started training people, it originally was for like the weight loss aesthetic focus. And that was a lot of like the appeal of, um, that's what my clients wanted at the time. Um, what I noticed is that the women that I worked with, when they got stronger, they went through a similar journey to myself, where it was kind of a place of like low confidence, low self-esteem and through the process of strength training improved that not only just like their ability in the gym, but like, you know, outside of the gym and like they, you know, they used strength training to realize that they were capable of more than they thought because like there, mm -hmm. you know, there's women, I do this now, like there's women who can like deadlift their body weight in like three months, mm -hmm. which is like for many women is like, just sounds like unrealistic goal setting Yeah, that like, that would take years or that would take like forever. And that like, that that's like, you know, a very realistic goal, even for like the new lifter. Um, and it's a cool process because like, you just kind of prove yourself wrong in a very positive way that like you mm. actually had more strength yeah. than you thought you did. And like what you can accomplish is way more. Um, so that's really what, like, I became like hyper-focused on strength, like to this day. Um, and like, I, I you know, I train women now, uh, I don't ask any of them what their weight is. We don't do weigh-ins, progress photos, transformation picks. Like we've removed all of that. And we really just focus on like making them healthier, making them stronger, um, whatever that is, um, for them, which is like really exciting for some women I work with. It's very like powerlifting as or not, not, they don't compete, but like, they really want like a big deadlift or a big squat. Like that's just like an empowering thing to like deadlift 200 pounds for the first time. They're very excited about that. But for some, it's like, they just want to be healthy. You know, being stronger means they can be more independent later in life. Being stronger means they can, you know, go skiing with their grandkids or go on hikes mm. or like be able to do the things they want to do later in life. So like strength is, you know, it's a, you can go a lot of ways with strength training, but, um, I, I've really, you know, I did not start there for sure. And I really just like slowly transitioned to being more of like, what's now known as like weight neutral coaching, which is basically mm. like, we don't, we don't talk about weight at all. Like I, I, um, what you weigh is super boring and unrelated to your training. And we can just completely like ignore that. I don't, I don't need to know it. Like we can just yeah. completely move on and then, you know, go from there. Yeah. We've said that a time or two, like we don't really care yeah. what our clients yeah. weigh. I, I have no interest yeah. in it. <laughs> like if it's important yeah. to you, okay. I don't care at all. <laughs> you can, you can share it if you want. Yeah. Like that's yeah. fine, but it's not like it's, but it also like, it doesn't really change how I would program either. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, if I find out you're 180 instead of 160, it's like, okay, well, like you still want to get a stronger squat. So like, we're still squatting. Right. Like that, does, that doesn't change 
It doesn't change yeah. the process at all. Where a traditional yeah. approach would be like, okay, let's cut your carbs a little bit every day. Or, you know, every, like, yeah, we have to manage yeah. this crisis. Our carbs took a real hit. I was like, <laughs> man, the last 10 years, like carbs. Oh, geez. Like just, there's man, just, oh, it went from how- fat to carbs real fast. It, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. You can't have carbs, can't have fats now. You can't have like, there's like, we're, we're just running out right. of foods. And fruit, fruit know, is right? under fire. Fruit, like, yeah. Fruit. That insulin yeah, spike ridiculous. from the sugar is, uh, it's going to, that's like a I whole kill us all. It's going to kill us all. Well, <laughs> and that's, I mean, I love your point, Mark, that it doesn't change the programming. And I think mm-hmm. that is really key for our listeners to hear, because this is a very similar approach to a lot of nutrition, um, you know, conversations that I have like, okay, we can talk about your desire to lose weight and why that is, and your reasons behind it, but it doesn't really change the fact that we are getting back to behaviors and this, the process of what we're doing here. And it sounds like very much the same thing with you. Like this is the process that we're going to engage in and your, your weight, your body shape and size doesn't really have anything to do with that. Yeah. uh, Yeah, absolutely. I think that like when people use weight, they like use weight, not everybody, but like they use the weight to make like assumptions about the person's behaviors. Mm -hmm. Whereas like, I would rather just like, okay, but like, what are your behaviors? Like, let's just talk about that. Like, let's like, if you know, if you're not exercising, if you're not, you know, like de-stressing, going for walks, like, you know, eating healthy foods in moderation without it being obsessive, like the things that we know, like help health outcomes. Um, those things are important, like kind of regardless of what you weigh. And I think sometimes weight is used in almost like a, a lazy way where instead of discussing the behaviors, we just like, Mm -hmm. what's, what's the BMI. Okay. We have a problem. Whereas opposed to like, let's just focus on the behaviors directly. Um, and then go from there. And then like your weight is kind of whatever your weight is. And then if it goes up or down, like that's fine. But like, you know, like the, we, we have behaviors that we know provide pretty good health outcomes, like if you don't have those, let's add them in. And then if you do have those, I'm like, awesome. Like we don't need to, you know, that's a check mark. Yeah. We can cross that off and then go from there. Well, yeah. and there's this real ambiguous, like blame and shame sort of thing that goes with weight mm-hmm. too, that, I mean, I tell people all the time, we don't have control over what the number on the scale is. We really don't. Like there's a lot you of think factors. You do. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you think you do, but I mean, there's so many things that go into that. And I think if people are too focused on the weight, it turns into, well, what am I doing wrong? The individual is doing something wrong in order to, mm-hmm. you know, be in this state. So, yeah. Right. Because this industry tells us that if you're doing it right, right, like you're going to be, you're going to be smaller or leaner yeah. or whatever. And that that's, you'll, you'll have a certain the look, ideal. Yeah. yeah. And that's the ideal. And whereas yeah. it's like, yeah, I think everyone has an ideal body, but that's wildly unique and individual. And it's whatever your body looks like when you, you know, are engaged in healthy behaviors, you know, like I, I, I think wherever that lands. I, I totally agree with everything you're saying. And I think like also what's important is that when we focus on aesthetics and like anybody like over the age of 35 is going to know this, but like the ideal look changes all the time that yes. like we, you look at like the nineties where like the ideal woman was like 80 pounds. Okay. She was right? like super, nothing. super like nothing, like, like just really just like, mm-hmm like that was the, that was shown. That's like the women in the nineties movies. That's what they look like. And now like we look at now and like, that is clearly not like the look that is being shown. Like we have a much more muscular woman, but she's like still like very curvy and like somehow still a size double zero or like, we still have like, Mm -hmm. no, you know, there's the look has changed in the past. It's changed a lot. It usually changes like every like 15, 20 years, like depending on like what you look at and like, it'll change in the future. And I think when we constantly focus on aesthetics, like imagine like just to make it, you know, relevant to 2021, like the, the, what's the thing right now is like big, butt, right. So you train for yeah, that curvy, mm-hmm. curvy. And then that's like, so let's say you train that for 10, 15 years. And then they're like, you know what, actually small butts are back. And then like all that time that could, which yeah. could happen like 2040. Yeah. And like, that could be the look that you have. In the, and then like, it's like, Oh, I'm fine. Just 15 years. I just yeah. like, like wasted. Like, it's just like all that heart. And I think like, you know, let, let's focus on things that like will matter in the future, which is like being right. stronger, like being stronger, like is a healthier thing. Like mm-hmm. um, being strong in your thirties, forties, fifties, like is going to matter. Like, I think that's mm-hmm. like the, um, as opposed to like the look of the decade is like, well, maybe you'll achieve it. Maybe you won't, but like, we know it's going to change anyways. 
So like, instead of you just have this moving goalpost and that you really have no control over, right. We have no idea yeah. what the 2045s look is going to be. Um, right. Let's like, you know, it just, let's, let's not fall for the game. I think that's like mm-hmm. the, let's just focus on things that like, we know are going to benefit us later in life. Like that's the, yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, like the game of being perpetually unhappy. Yeah. You know, the game of yeah. always not being good enough. The game of not yes. having. Yeah. Right look. So that you continue yeah. to purchase and buy and, you know, feel desperate and look for something that's going to magically fix everything for you. Yeah. No. Uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. The next like scheme or whatever the thing is, who knows, yeah. who knows what it'll be. I mean, like, I feel like the past 10 years has been like really anti-carb. And yeah. I'm, I'm in, you know, it'll be interesting to see like what we demonize in the future. I think like there was a good article I saw that's like, we've officially demonized every food that exists. And he just goes <laughs> yeah. through like all the right? articles that like, we actually have no food left that like yeah. you can't protein, eat red meat. You can't eat fish. You can't, yeah, you can't eat vegetables yeah, veg- or fruit. Veg- yeah, yeah. Veg- yeah. I never thought we'd have the day where like, man, you just can't have watermelon because of like the insulin spike. And it's like, I, like, how did we get here? Yeah. It's so or tomatoes. I, I Toma- saw something yeah. just a year ago. Someone's coming out about tomato- tomatoes where it's so dangerous. It's yeah. Yeah. Or like carrots so have screwed. so many carbs. I'm just that, like, come on, people. That's great. Bananas. That's yeah. Have like, you ever had that, Mark? Have you ever had a client come to you for the first time just like afraid of bananas? Because I've had it had happen several times. I've had like, banana, terrified. just fruit in general, where depending okay. on like where they came from, that mm-hmm. like they just they were just told to lower like all sugar intake. And like that, like included fruit. Like, I think that that was mm. like included fruit and vegetables and they yeah. like, um, and then never like one specific fruit, although like, I'm sure okay. that happens all the time, but like definitely, usually it's, it's categories. Usually it's like, like, usually it's like fruits sure. are bad. Vegetables are bad. Red meat is bad. Um, and unfortunately I think we just, we've just, we're running out of foods. Like what are we going to eat? Right. Like, what's right. the, like you can always you can find an article now on supplements like, mark we're gonna eat supplements. only only supplements yeah it's just like take <laughs> your it. multivitamins they're great for you day. yeah you take your, your protein, protein your green drink yeah yeah absolutely. that's all that's all it's gonna be left that's all it's yep. gonna be yeah so that leads me to one of my questions um i was curious if you i'm sure you get approached about nutrition input and advice and guidance. What's your, I mean, we have a general idea of your philosophy now that it's like all foods are vilified, but what's your, what's your approach there? Yeah. So, um, I used to offer nutrition services. I like no longer do, but I'm like happy to talk about it. Um, I think the philosophy really has to be, we know, generally speaking that like, if you have like unprocessed foods in moderation, like decently as part of your diet, like that, that's going to be fine, regardless of what you weigh. That doesn't mean you can't have sweets. Like I have sweets. You can, you junk food is like, or quote unquote, junk food is like, is totally fine. Like that's like, it can be part of your life and it's probably going to be part of your life. So like, we should accept that, like, you know, like, I don't know about you, but like Christmas day, like I'm not going to be having like the, the cleanest meal that exists. Right. right. Um, and I, I think it's just, it just it, I have a very boring, like, you know, moderation variety and also like foods that you enjoy. I think that when we try and push certain foods as superfoods and we just don't like them, like we're not going to eat them at some point. Like that's mm-hmm. kind of the, like, you know, like things like, uh, like I don't really like quinoa. So it's like, it's not going to happen. Like, it's really one of those things that's like, even though it was granted like the superfood status, uh, which is really more of a marketing term than like anything else. Yeah. We but... talked about that on a recent episode, <laughs> the whole superfood yeah. phenomenon. Yeah. There's Got like the Dr. It, it... Oz seal of approval. Oh my God. That, that guy is, that's a whole other level of insane but he is, we need he is, an episode about charlatans that's what we need to do yeah well and, and what's unfortunate too is that he is extremely influential is that yep. like is like the problem is that like for his like we Stay. laugh at like is like but like like there are people who like oh man like we got these magic coffee beans that's gonna burn my belly like and like they they sell out like yeah. he really does have like 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 if man if you could like like is like man if you like plug my services for like one day mm-hmm. i'd be like I, i'm good for like the year like i wouldn't even i could retire like, <laughs> i could retire like that's like like the, like this so it's unfortunate because he like he has a lot of influence and a lot of the stuff yeah. he recommends is like pretty um it's pretty bad it, I mean, mm-hmm. at a minimum they like don't work at the most they have like side effects they have the harmful yeah yeah, yeah. they yeah. they they're they're really really bad um and that you know that doesn't make it on the show somehow the like side effects and yeah. things like that, um, which is like super, super unfortunate. But unfortunately uh-huh. he is, he is an influential man. There is like, and there is like Charlotte's like that you're kind of mentioned that just like, they have a lot, a lot of say. 
And like, they just, it's the, yeah, the information is just unfortunately not there. Yeah. Yeah. So, and so I, how do you, oh, go ahead. I, I was just going to um, follow up on that. When you say that you're boring talking about moderation with foods, that's how this podcast kind of got started was just how do we, how do we take this very boring concept that a lot of people have a really hard time grasping and accepting and turn it into something informative and fun and entertaining and really keep pitching it to people over and over again in all these different situations. So, so you're in the yeah. right place. Yeah. And I, I think that's like the middle ground is like, is underrated. Cause that's like where most things lie, but mm-hmm. it's like, yeah. unfortunately, and I, and I like fully blame like social media for this is that like the really extreme stuff is what like gets the traction. Right. Yep. Almost always that like, it's, it's way less interesting to be like, well, you can have food and like moderation and like have a yeah. variety and like really listen to your body and how it reacts as opposed to someone who's like, all carbs are bad, only eat fat. You're going to go into <laughs> ketosis. You're going to burn it away. Like, it's just like, it's, it's almost right. just like, it's like smoother content that way, as opposed to, and especially mm-hmm. when we're talking like, you know, 30 second sound bites, like to really talk about the nuance, which is great that, that you guys have a podcast because that really like allows you to do that. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, if I have a 30 second TikTok, it's way easier to be like, all carbs are bad like only eat meat yep. on the carnivore diet, as opposed to being like, right. well, it's a little different for everybody. Like we should have some variety and like, actually a lot of foods can work is like, it's just not as flashy as content. So I think right. yeah. Yeah. They sell like the, there's fear and then a singular answer, right? Like yes. you're something to be scared of that. If you do this, you're going to ruin your life forever. And then here's the only answer to that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. And I think, and you know, we've talked about this a little bit before, but I think I think a lot of that comes down to, I think the average, you know, dieter, wannabe dieter, you know, person who's wanting to be healthier, whatever. I think they have been like beaten over the brow so much with the idea that you can't trust yourself, right. To, to make decisions for yourself, to make healthy decisions, to, to have, you know, cookie and ice cream in the house. You can't trust yourself at all that then that just lends itself to these situations where it's like, okay, just tell me what to do. Give me the answer and I'll yeah. grab a hold of it. Cause I'm not trustworthy. I can't handle it on my own clearly, you know, and yeah. it just sort of feeds this really nasty cycle of, of unhealth, you know? Mm-hmm. And that, that exists for exercises too, where like a lot of exercises sure. are now being demonized and a lot of like, you know, like people are afraid of squatting. Cause it's like bad for your knees or like no one should mm-hmm. deadlift. Cause it's bad for your back. And like, yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's this, it's the similar game plan where it's like demonize this exercise. And then like, you know, now that you've created the problem, like sell the solution that right. there's like a lot of like, like the problem that like never existed until like I clicked on your right. head or like, um, yeah. and there's a lot of exercises now that like, I have to really, like a lot of people will come and they'll just be like, oh, isn't that like unsafe? Which like, there's actually like very few exercises, unless you go to the extreme route that like, are like truly unsafe. That's like pretty right. rare. Um, or like, even if people do have issues with like squatting or deadlifting, like we can modify it so that you don't, Mm -hmm. that there's like a lot of talk about that in that there's like, you know, it's, it's very rare to have someone who like can't lift weights at all. Like that's a very rare, rare situation. Um, even if you're like injured or like certain exercises give you problems, like this is where like a good trainer comes in and it's like, oh, okay. Like you're having issues with this exercise. Like let's modify to, like less range of motion or a simpler version or like less intense, or there's, there's, there's almost always like a way around it so that you can like keep exercising right. if you want to. For sure. Yeah. You and- mentioned um, just like the, the amount of information that's so inaccurate out there. So how do you, when someone comes to you, um, you know, a client, prospective client, just someone reaching out on Instagram and they, they, they're caught up in all this disinformation and they've really adopted and believe in a lot of these things that are unhealthy and untrue. Like, you know, you can't eat fruit, you can't eat carbs, you can't do this, this. How do you begin to approach talking to someone or working with someone um, and begin to help them let go of those or see those from a different perspective, adopt, you know, healthier, more sustainable beliefs, that kind of thing. Yeah. So one-on-one, I actually think is like a lot easier than like in the online mm-hmm. space. Cause there's like one-on-one, you can just, you can talk to a person and just be like, Hey, I've mm-hmm. heard this is unsafe. And I can be like, well, actually like, you know, people think that for this reason, but the truth is, is that like this exercise, like uh, I'll use like an example of like uh, squatting with like your knees past your toes, like kind of the idea that mm. like that idea mm-hmm. came around with like the, you know, someone, there was a study done that someone found out that 
um, the farther your knees go, like the more stress it adds to your knees, which like is true. Um, right. but that's like the, the clarification that they don't normally hear is that like more stress doesn't equal too much stress. Right. And that like, that's kind of like, like, it would be the same idea as like, well, 40 pound dumbbells are unsafe because they're more stressful than 20 pound dumbbells right. where it's like, mm-hmm. and, you know, I, I think when you talk to someone one-on-one and you can just like, kind of go over the science and explain like why that's not necessarily true. And like, and, and, to, and to be clear, like for a person who does have misinformation or, you know, says something that's incorrect, if you're like not in the space, like you're just a regular person, like this is totally understandable. Like this is like no judgment right. whatsoever. Like, um, and, you know, if, if I talk about fields that I don't know enough about, like I'm, I'm going to have some misinformation there too. Like that's kind of, mm-hmm. you know, um, one-on-one I think is like super, super simple. I think it's like, cause you can just explain like what the process is and like why that's not necessarily true. And they can kind of see it for themselves, uh, and kind of go from there. And like, if they send me like, Oh, I heard from this source, I can kind of explain what like that source is missing. And that's a lot easier. I think, um, the challenge always becomes online where like, okay, I have 30 seconds to debunk something. And like, I might need two minutes where it's like, and I think this is where like a lot of nuance and I don't know if you guys Uh have been on um how big you guys are on TikTok or not but like TikTok has a lot of like debunking stuff that exists and I think it's like well I think a lot of the conversation gets pretty toxic because you Mm -hmm. only have 30 seconds you you might only have like 30 seconds to debunk somebody and then like two people might not actually disagree as much as they think but they've only have so much time like they're they're having 30 second sound bites um, like even what I've just talked about now is like over 30 seconds. So it's yeah. like, it's, um, I think that creates more of a challenge. I think we have to work on it because obviously people are still learning online. So mm-hmm. like, I think we still, but, um, it, it becomes, we, we, we have to learn to become more efficient in our like debunking. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's like, um, also right. a challenge. And also like, I, I think, I don't know about you guys, but I think when there's like two people who are like calling each other out and saying like negative things about each other and like, you know, saying they're bad faith or a grifter. Um, I think those are almost like counterproductive conversations that yeah. exist. And that like, there's a lot of that online now, especially like, mm-hmm. especially like I'm going to go back to TikTok. There's a lot of like this person's bad faith. They just want your money, that kind of thing. And like that may or may not be true, but I think the approach of like just saying this person's bad doesn't get us anywhere and i think like that's the like like if we actually care about like what the public is learning about i'd rather just explain why it's incorrect right than say like oh well they're like a terrible person because they like believe Mm -hmm. in the thing that like i don't believe in um i think that just i think that just goes along better i think that's just like a yeah yeah well that's kind of the curse of like this like little sound bites you know what i mean is there is so much nuance lost and if you're going to try to uh, communicate an idea to someone or convince someone against, you know, to, to think differently from something that is actively harmful. You've got to be extreme with what you say. You know what I mean? Like all, all you have the time to do is to directly combat that and say, don't do it. And then you're out of time. (laughs) There's there's no, (laughs) that's all you got. Or that's all people will listen to. Like if, if you, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna watch a three minute TikTok. You know what right. I mean? Like maybe, maybe you it's did not why explain I'm here. It. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I want 15 <laughs> I didn't seconds come to watch a movie. Jeez. And then I keep going. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Oh, this is why I like well, podcasts though. Cause you actually, I can have that conversation, which is yeah. nice. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it helps the individual get a better sense when they can actually converse with you and hear, like whenever I, I hear something, what do you think about this product? What do you think about this supplement? Um, what do you think about this exercise modality, whatever I will look Mm -hmm. at it and do my very best to present both sides. Like, okay, here are some of the pros and cons that I see with this. And this is maybe where it came from. This is the kernel of truth behind this, you know, promoted, product or exercise or somebody saying that this is quote the worst thing for you to do for your body or whatever. Here's where some of that came in. And here's, here's my recommendation. You know, like, Mm -hmm. I mean, there are some supplements I'd be like, try it like beetroot powder or something like sure if it's pure beetroot powder like give it a shot if you want to you know tart (laughs) cherry juice like give it a shot if you want but 
here are the trade-offs, you know, and here are some of you, you may not realize a, a tangible health benefit. So I think it is helpful for people to actually have that conversation with yeah. someone they trust right? Absolutely. and not just in that social media space. I mean, who the hell is this influencer that's putting this out mm-hmm. there? How do you know that they have any credibility or they're not trying to sell you something else? You know, like you said, creating they a, have problem. a lot of followers. So, yeah. So they have the that solution. is unironically <laughs> how some people will judge if someone's totally. Yeah. yeah. And I think like, and, right. and there are people oh, only a thousand. They don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, but if you're and like, there are some people who like have big followings and like also know mm-hmm. what they're talking about. Like I sure. really like Meg squats girls gone strong. Mm-hmm. I think like, yes. like those are very like both mm-hmm. really good resources that also like, like very much deserve the following. Absolutely. Um, and I think like in the fitness world, I think one thing that we need to move away from is that just because someone looks a certain way does not give them like a certain level of credibility. Mm -hmm. Um, Why someone looks that way has like a lot of factors to it. Even some that like they don't have control over. Um, Mm -hmm. But I, you know, I see a lot where like the post will be like, I have abs, therefore do this exercise. Cause I know what I'm, you know, Um, I I kind of, how I feel this way when like someone um, you know, their profile photo is like, a photo of them like shirtless essentially. And it's like, Mm -hmm. well, why, why is this? Because they have abs, which means they know what they're talking about. And I think we like, we need to move away from that. There are a lot of people who have very impressive physiques that don't have the background we would hope they would have. Mm -hmm. And also the opposite where like, there's a lot of people who like, don't, you know, you wouldn't even necessarily know they lift, but like have like a huge fountain of knowledge, have like degrees Mm -hmm. in their background or like, and I think like we, we need to move away from like, oh, this person looks like this. So therefore they have like this level of credibility because I think it's, mm-hmm. um, it's given too much praise for some people who like, just don't have the background. Like they just, mm-hmm. they don't have that nuance or they're very like one note or like an example yeah. might be where like someone does, and I, I'm sure you guys have seen this if you've been in the industry long enough where like I did one bodybuilding show came like fourth place and now I'm a trainer. And that's like, I think that there's like, and that person, (laughs) like, like that world is so specific to itself that Uh like, if that's your only education that like, I don't believe a world where like, if that's all, you know, like, you're not going to be a good trainer. Like there's so much more to it. There's like that. Yeah. And there's, you know, I I think we just need to move away from that, like in general and just kind of be like, well, what is the information they put out actually helpful if you ask them a question, are they able to give like a good nuanced response or are they just mm-hmm. like, you know, check out my six pack now, like buy my right. six month, buy my six pack program. program. Yeah. Yeah. Six pack right. program. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Obviously because, like, it works. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's, that's unironically like what the, and like, yeah. and like, and again, like people can have that physique and also be informed, mm-hmm. but like, mm-hmm. I think we just need to move away from that, like as a credential entirely. Like, I think that that's like, yeah. Right. So Mark, I want to ask why women, what is it? I mean, all of the conversation we're having so far as a woman and just having had these conversations with women, my whole life about the fitness space, the diet space, the societal ideals of what our body should look like and size. I have a feeling I, I know a few of your reasons why women, but I want to hear from you. What is it about training strong women that is your calling and your mission. Yeah, absolutely. So I think for myself, it was that they just went through a very similar journey that I did where like, I came from a place where like, I had low self-confidence, low self-esteem and strength training really changed that and brought me a lot of life lessons. And I just noticed the women that I worked with went through a very similar journey where like, it was like, they come in, they're like unsure. They're kind of uncomfortable in the weight area. They're unsure, like what they should be doing. And they go from a place of like, not feeling the greatest in that environment to like feeling super confident in that environment and feeling super like empowered and that like, Oh wow, I can actually lift a lot more than I thought I'm starting to use like, I, you know, the 45 pound plates, they might refer to it as like the guy weights or like if they're doing things that like they didn't realize they could do. And I think like, it's a really like exciting journey because you go from this place where like, you thought you were going to be lifting 10 pound dumbbells your whole life. And like, maybe you're just doing like light toning exercises for sets of 50, but like, now you're like, now you're like deadlifting in the hundreds. Now you're got your first pull-up. Like you can do these Mm -hmm. things that you never thought you would be able to do. And people can become a lot stronger than they think. Um, especially at the beginning of the journey, which I think is like super, super exciting because Mm -hmm. like, 
as you go on with strength training, the results of strength training become less and less as you go on. Like if you're six years into training, like right. you're, you're aiming to add like 10, 20 pounds onto your squat. And like, that might be like it for the year, but like as yeah. a new lifter, those first six months are so much fun. Cause you go from like mm. never lifting in your life to like lifting more than your body weight to like, yeah. you know, you went from 10 pound dumbbell rows to like 35 pound dumbbell rows. Like you feel better. Like those six months are like the best. Um, and that's like what, you know, I, so to answer your question, like I really focused on women because they went through a very similar journey that I did as well. And that like, I just, it's, it's just exciting to be part of that journey that like, you know, like the, to be able to have guided them through that and help them achieve what they didn't think was possible. Um, it's, it's super fun. I really, really enjoy it. Yeah. That's and don't awesome. you think well, the I... strength training? Oh, sorry, Michael. No, go ahead. I was just going to follow up with, don't you think strength training in general is a really intimidating space for women to to enter and to feel, I mean, you've talked a lot about some of the outcomes being confidence and reaching a goal and moving up in weight. And that like helps these women kind of move beyond that. Just, Oh, I'm getting in the gym. Like all of a sudden they're in this space that, you know, was pretty intimidating to start out with. Yeah. And and I, I will say for anyone starting their journey, if you're just getting into the gym, the gym can be an intimidating space. And that like for those first, like three to four workouts, there is like some courage that's going to have to happen there that that's like, it might feel uncomfortable at first, you know, you can bring a friend, you can have your playlist, you can have your workout programs, you're doing what you're doing. But what I've noticed is that if you get past that third or fourth workout, one, you start to notice that like, no one really cares about your workout. Everyone's kind of doing their own thing. Mm -hmm. Everyone's kind of like, no one actually cares if like your dumbbell row form is like perfect or like, Mm -hmm. like, that's really like, like it's, it's a room where everyone kind of ignores each other. Um, and that like, you, you kind of realize like, okay, I'm really just doing my own thing. But I I will say for anybody who is intimidated by the gym, give it like a, like four workouts, five workouts. And like, you're going to start to notice that like, you're, you're going to be more comfortable as time goes on. Um, and that it's, it's, while it seems intimidating at first, um, you, you kind of realize that like, no one cares about your workout, um, who's Mm -hmm. in the gym and then you can like, you know, gives you, which gives you the freedom to kind of like do whatever you want. Right. Um, Cause they're all worried that everyone else is judging them. So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no one's paying attention. Cause they're all worried about themselves. <laughs> yeah. And everyone's got their headphones in and they're doing their mm-hmm. own thing. And like the yeah. people who, the people who are like really into the gym that are there, been there for years are like, so mm-hmm. into like what they're doing at that point that mm-hmm. like, they're, they're really, they, they really don't care about like, Oh my God, is that girl like lifting 10 pounds when she should be lifting 15? Like no one cares. Like it yeah. really is like, they're so into like their own thing that like mm-hmm. it, I, you know, the, in the awkward interactions that happen are like few and far in between. And like, right. I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't want someone to have like, what if someone approaches me once I wouldn't want that to be the reason you like never go. Right. Like yeah. that would be, and those yeah. are like, those are rare or literally don't happen at all where I've had, I've right. coached women for like two years now. And like, not once has like some guy gone to gym and like told them that their form sucked or like, those are, those are very yeah. like, those, those are very like rare occurrences that exist. Yeah. And I've, I've found for, I mean, just as a, you know, as a, as a male too, like for the most part, I mean, there are sure there are a-holes everywhere, you know, but for the most part, people are just like, if they have any interaction with you, it's cool, man. Good job. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. like it's, it's oh, a positive. Yeah. My, yeah. my bench may be a quarter of what yours is, but you're spotting me and you're stoked for me, you know, like, and that's yeah. it. People are just excited. You're there doing your thing. And that's, I think most of people, most of the people who are headed to gym are just, you know, excited you're there and yeah, it's it, going well for you. It's rare to find the person who like is going to spot you. And then like you lift the weight and they're like, wow, this is so low. You should that's be doing it. Like, that was like, like, that's like a really like only three moment. reps. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah. That's a, it's a pretty rare human being. That Can my is. grandma work in? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's so chances are like, they're just going to, you know, help you for a few seconds and like go on and do right. their thing. Like it's not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Even, even like the guys who are like super scary and intimidating and like have like all the muscles and like, even those guys, yeah. you actually talk to them, like they're human beings, like the rest of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're probably, you know, really into their own thing. So if you don't want to talk to them, you probably don't have to. So yeah. You know, like, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, let's talk about health at any size. So that's, that's a, 
a movement, a concept that's, I don't know when it originated, but it really picked up steam recently. Like in what, the last year, year and a half, maybe two. Yeah. Um, where it really kind of got popular. Um, hasn't been around long. And I think it's something that a lot of people aren't super familiar with. A lot of people are. It's also something I think that is wildly misunderstood. <laughs> yes. So why don't, why don't you talk to us a little bit about that? Explain it, what it is, how you, what it is, how you view it, um, all that stuff. Yes, everyone's got their own little interpretation of it. But like, basically, my understanding is that health at every size is really just like, hey, like, regardless of what you weigh or what you look like, we we care about your health outcomes and kind of like creating situations where like, we want you to succeed in your health goals, and then creating the circumstances to do that. Um, Mm -hmm. So like a big thing could be a smaller idea of this could be like, you know, we need workout equipment for bigger sizes because if we want them to go in the gym and there's no clothes that fit them, like that's a barrier to them not going into exercising and going into the gym is like a smaller example of it. And then like a larger example of it could be like, Hey, like you're a certain size. I'm not going to assume anything about you that like, if you're 300 pounds, like we're not going to say like, Oh, well you clearly don't care about your health or you're doing everything wrong. Or like that, like maybe we just kind of, we don't, now we don't tell them that they are for sure doing everything right. The idea is that it's like a blank slate that like right. you being 300 pounds doesn't really tell me if you're caring about your health or not. And I think like, that's um, the way that we want to move forward mm-hmm. um, and just kind of create scenarios where like, regardless of like what you weigh that like you have the tools necessary to live like a healthy life. I think that's like the really in general, how I like to see the movement. And then there's like um the body positivity movement, which is also like gotten bigger as time goes on, um, which it's technically separate where health at every size is really focused on the health outcomes where body positivity is more focused on like reducing fat phobia in society and kind of just giving more respect. So those are like two movements that like they get placed together, but they are technically separate. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think both of those get misconstrued as, well, you're just, yeah, you're saying that no matter someone's size, they're healthy. Right. It's like, well, no, we're not assuming that because that's the thing we're saying we don't want to do. Yeah. 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 And like, and and that's not saying that, that, you know, I mean, I think, I think it's interesting about like that health at every size is, is people assume like, well, if you're overweight, you're unhealthy. If you're thinner, you're healthy. And I remember a client, this is several years ago, telling me about her husband. She was just like mad at her husband. She was like, he, de- he never exercises. He drinks beer all the time. He eats fast food and crap. And he's just in such great shape. I you know, know? it's like, <laughs> okay. It sounds to me like he's probably terribly unhealthy. <laughs> yeah. That it's actually probably bad. You know? Yeah. I, I, yeah. That like his size really is an indicator of what's going on. Like he might want to like eat some fruits and vegetables and move around a little bit. <laughs> well, I think that's almost like a, like for the people who are like naturally thin or like who like mm-hmm. they, they just, they just, you just can't seem to gain weight. Um, mm-hmm. Like for those people, I think almost, they almost get like a free pass that they like don't necessarily should be getting, like they don't necessarily mm-hmm. deserve. And I like those sure. people like go under the radar because they're like, oh, you're thin, you're healthy. Like, and that like, there yeah. could actually be health issues that exist there that like, we're just not even noticing. Whereas the person right. who's 300 pounds, like that person's getting told regularly to like assess their health. Right. So like that person's going to be hyper, like is probably going to be like more hyper aware that they have health problems if they have health problems, mm-hmm. as opposed to the person who's like a size zero, who's constantly being told that they're like fine right. in the world. Like there could actually be like, they could just miss potentially like some health problems, um, Mm -hmm. based on that assumption alone. And like, this is where I think we need to move to like, let's not assume anything. Let's just like, if you have like blood pressure issues or like respiratory issues or like diabetes or like, those are all things that we should care about, like, regardless of what you weigh and we -hmm. should address those regardless of what you weigh. And I think that's like, like the way that I want people to move. I think that's Mm -hmm. like the, the direction is like, if you have health problems, let's address them, but I'm not going to assume what your health is until I like have been given the facts and I go from there. Right. Exactly. And then there's those people who are, you know, the influencers who, you know, are, you know, could, could be on the cover of a fitness magazine. Right. And we assume that they are in peak health and they may be very physically, mentally, and emotionally unhealthy. A lot of them are because maintaining that sort of extreme leanness, it messes with your head. You know, and 
this is why I say like, so I don't know where you guys stand on this, but I like really hate bodybuilding. Um, and I think that one of the things about bodybuilding is that like, these are people with like very impressive physiques. They're very like dedicated to like their, their sport. And like, that's, that's fine. Um, but I think we got to stop looking at these people as like the epitome of health, because this is just like, yeah. not, this is just like not true, like physically, mentally right. bodybuilders die early all the time. Like there was even a bunch yeah. of stories this year where like a bunch of famous bodybuilders like died in their fifties um that like and those are just the famous ones we know about right like no one talks right. about like the the non-famous ones who like also passed away um right. and there's you know um eating disorders it's like really high i think like it's I, rampant it's rampant and it's it's very normalized um mm-hmm. in that world and it's like you're, you're yeah, just committed to the grind enough <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> whereas like i remember like reading a study it was like done on male bodybuilders and eating disorders and 70 i think it was 67 percent um, were found that they were clinically diagnosed with eating disorders in the process. Like that was the, that was like, so it's like very, very common. Um, and I think like needs to be addressed, but this is also why we got to stop moving away from like a look because a lot of those people Mm -hmm. like, like I get it. Like you want to be lead enough for your sport. You want to have a certain look so that you can compete. And there's, there's probably a level you get to where like, you're going to have to be unhealthy to compete in that sport. Like Mm -hmm. just people aren't meant to be. 3% 3% body fat or 6% or whatever. Like, you're just like, you're right. just not, you're not supposed to be there. I don't right. feel like how you look. <laughs> um, and I think like, we just have to accept that like, this is not like, if you want to be healthy, like this is just like, not the place for you. Um, mm. I've even, I've had bodybuilders or I guess ex bodybuilders on my podcast, you know, women who've talked about, they lost their period for like months or like years, mm-hmm. even after competing, yeah. um, like sex drive went down, their marriages went down the tank. Like they couldn't have like, you know, they were bringing Tupperware to restaurants because they couldn't have the food like, yeah. um, you know, like mentally taxing, like physically taxing. And like, I think we need to, again, like this is where we got to move away from like the aesthetic look, because mm-hmm. like if that person just went to the doctor and got like their blood work done, like all of these things would have been found out. Like if they got assessed by, if they just went to the doctor, no one made assumptions, they would have found out a lot more about themselves um, right. as opposed to living in kind of the bodybuilder bubble which is very like, you know, not only is okay with it, but like normalizes it and like into some level, and like even encourages yeah. that like, yeah, like you losing your period in the bodybuilding world. Yeah, you've like, made it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's like, yep. oh, you're just get, you're getting ready for a show. Like that's totally normal. Cost of doing business. You're literally like <laughs> malnourished. And it's like, yeah. it's like, yeah, that's the like, um, you know, that that's, you know, talk to any good doctor and that's like losing your period for any period of time. It's not like, this is fine. Yeah. Like yeah. this is not it's, like, it's, uh, supposed like to happen. it's, it's about, well, yeah. it, it's like, I always say it may be common in athletes, but it is not normal. And yeah. I think it's important for people to distinguish between those two. Like there are a lot of right. common things that we see in certain sports and certain, you know, body aesthetics, but it doesn't mean it's normal and it doesn't mm. mean it's healthy. And just, mm. just circling back to, I think the health at every size conversation, you know, has, I mean, dovetails into all of this, where if you choose a sport that is highly dependent on physique, then I mean, you have to be ready for some of these ramifications and where it might take you and just be, you know, eyes wide open going in, if that's your chosen sport. Mm -hmm. I also think that when people get too wrapped up in, I need to lose the weight to be healthy, or I need to look this way in order to be happy with myself in order to, you know, reach my goals. And that's a big goal of mine. I think the opposite can also be true. In fact, I see this in a lot of clients where once they actually find joy in their activities, in their eating patterns and with themselves and start practicing body appreciation and start removing the size and the look from health. And they really start embracing the process. All of a sudden they really do want to treat their bodies better. We see mental health start improving. We see emotional Mm -hmm. wellness start improving in all of these other metrics. And we have to remember that health is more than just the absence of you know, disease in your body, it's a lot of factors. And so I think that's another important thing to bring to this health at every size conversation. And in that sporting space is, well, yeah, you know, we can say you're quote healthy in these ways, but let's take a look at true health. 
Yeah, right. absolutely. And that like sports is like sports is its performance. You, you are training for performance. Like mm-hmm. the gymnast is not training to be the most healthy person. The gymnast is training to be the best gymnast. And there's like sacrifices to health that go with that. And like, it's, you know, people can make their own choices on what they want to do, but I think we just need to be like, Hey, like, you know, um, these are not the healthiest people. These are like the fittest people. And I think like we can make a distinction on that, that like, they're, they're good at their sports, but they're not necessarily like, you know, we, we shouldn't be all following like the Simone Biles diet because there's probably yeah. some sacrifices that are made there in the sake of her sport. Right. Um, and like, that's her choice. Like she can do that if she wants, but like, we just need to make sure that we understand what we're signing up for when we do that. Um, right. And they, they may be physically fit, you know, exceptionally physically fit, but they may be mentally and emotionally very unfit you know, very unwell. And that's, that's, I think an important piece of this health at every size that, that people often, you know, don't grab a hold of because they dismiss it too easily is that it's also mental and emotional health. Like all these are, you can't, you don't get to separate them out. You know, if it's not physically healthy, it's not, you know, if it's not mentally healthy, it's not emotionally healthy. If it's one, one of those, it's not healthy for any of them. And we, we often discount that when we look at athletes and top performers and, you know, like, wow, they're so healthy. They're so fit. It's like, well, maybe if you only look at certain aspects, but if you look at the whole thing, they, they very well may not be, you know, I mean, you, you hear stories about those gymnasts, like it's a miserable life. It's <laughs> really hard. It's, it's really- exhausting and all consuming. And that's all you do. And like on body image, like if you think the average person gets ridiculed, like, man, imagine being like five, two and like mm-hmm. one thirty as a gymnast, yeah. Yeah. like you're so like, you're so much, like everyone is so tiny in that world mm-hmm. that like you get ridiculed for being like, even like 20% body fat as a female. Mm-hmm. And it's like the, that world is like, it's, it's got its own like issues going on. Um, yeah. and I think we just like, this is what we, we got to move away from the look. Like, I think that's the mm-hmm. thing that we just got to, yeah. and like, you know, the yeah. phys- and like your physical, like if you want to improve your physical health, like, I think that's great. And you should exercise and train and, but it should never come at the cost of like your mental health. Mm-hmm. And I think like, sometimes we sacrifice one for the other yeah. where it's like, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be like, well, you know, I have no drive for anything. I'm constantly guilt tripping myself into eating certain foods. I don't like, you know, how I look, how I feel on a day-to-day basis, but I look great can like not be <laughs> like the map that yeah. we have. Like we, like your training should like make you feel better. That mm-hmm. should be like, you should like, it should like help you on like a day-to-day aspect. It should like make you feel better. Um, like for myself, like strength training was huge for my mental health, like still is. And like, that's because like your relationship with your training has to be there. It shouldn't be that you're sacrificing your day-to-day happiness for training it should be that like improving your day-to-day happiness comes from like partially from like the training. It's like that improves your happiness and like you being fulfilled. Like we don't need to choose one or the other. Like we, they should be helping each right. other like in tandem. Yeah. Yeah. And, and even just, I mean, I think even one step further, they can't, I mean, they can't exist without each other, you yeah. know, health, health and one of them can't exist with health and all of them, you know, they're just so intertwined. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So- I agree. What would you say then, Mark, to, I'm sure that we have a a listener or two out there or 10 who are thinking they don't belong in a gym or, you know, I'm, I'm doing enough by, you know, hiking or doing, you know, some, some very light kind of body weight kinds of work, which still has value, no doubt. Absolutely. What, What might you say though, to a particularly, because you train women, maybe a female listener who's thinking, I don't really belong in a gym. I don't really need to do strength training or I'm afraid to, what might you say? So I think the first one is that if you're going to go the strength training route and strength training can still include body weight stuff, like pull-ups, push-ups, stuff like that. Um, is I think you need to decide what value it would bring you if you were strong. I don't think I can necessarily decide that for you, but like, if you were strong, like what value would you get? I think is like an important thing. And like, you really have to decide that for yourself because for some people, that's going to be like, wow, I would feel so badass if I could deadlift 200 pounds. Like yeah. that would be like the, and for some, it's going to be like, man, if I was stronger, you know, I can hang out with my grandkids more. Like we can go skiing, we can go for mm-hmm. hikes. Like my life from day to day would be better if I had more strength. Um, and both of those are totally great goals. I help women with both of those. Like, um, I would say like, if you're not sure if you belong, I would 
I would try and figure out like, well, well, what would benefit you from being strong and then kind of going from there? Um, because I think like, I, I can't choose the journey for you. Um, your journey, your goals are going to be different than my goals and that's okay. But if you choose them one, you're much more likely to stick to them, mm-hmm. which I think is a big one. Cause if I tell you that your goal is 200 pound deadlifting and you don't care about deadlifting, like you're not going to stick with it. And like, that's fine. Sure. <laughs> but if you pick, you're like, oh man, wouldn't it be cool if I could like accomplish this? And then all of your workouts are designed around accomplishing that thing. It becomes way more fulfilling. You can see progress towards that goal. You can see yourself slowly achieving that over time. And then when you do achieve that goal, it's like all the work you've done gets like validated as well. Because I think like you see this a lot in the aesthetics world where like nothing is more frustrating than training for six months and still not having the thing that you want Yeah. or even getting closer. I think is also mm-hmm. like a big one because like you see that like, you know, it's kind of like, if your goal is like, I want a six pack, it's kind of like, well, every month you don't have a six pack is kind of like a failure. Um, and that's mm-hmm. like the, you know, and those are things that like, maybe you will never achieve not to your own fault. Like there's, you know, you kind of, you kind of mentioned earlier that like the reason you look the way you look has like a ton of factors that are like just genuinely outside of your control. Um, we're not all going to have six pack abs. We're not all going to be super lean year round. Um, and that's fine. It doesn't mean we can't be healthy. But um, yeah, so to come back to your original question, because I'm ranting off now, um, I think you got to pick the right goal for you and then like set up a structure around achieving that goal. So like once you figured out like, oh, I really want to get my first pull up, that's where you start doing workouts that will help your pull up. Maybe you hire a coach if you're not sure how to get to your first pull up um, and, you know, really go from there because then you're, you're doing it for you and the, the journey will be a lot more fulfilling, which makes it easier to stick with. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Any other um, questions, Aaron? I have one more that okay. I really want to hear. Let's hear it. Tell us about one of your proudest coaching moments. Oh my God. There's so many. Okay. So um, I think <laughs> with the one that I like bragging about the most, um, there's a woman, I still work with her. Her name is Sue. Sue is uh, 65 years old. She's like a super, like really into strength training, loves strength training. She trains like four days a week. Um, on her 65th birthday, um, we got her to trap our deadlift 209 pounds, um, that she was like, yeah, I was like, she was pumped. I was pumped. Um, she was really excited about that. She like told all her friends and like, that was really, really cool. (laughs) And I think that's also now I have this person that's like, no one is too old to strength train because now I have like, well, Sue's 65 and like deadlifting well beyond her body weight at this point. So like, I'm not, you know, I have this person now that I'm like, this is mm-hmm. for everybody. Like, this is not mm-hmm. like, I think sometimes we worry that strength training is like a young person's game. And that like, no. I, I have women in their forties, fifties, sixties, getting stronger, like achieving goals, like doing what mm-hmm. they want to do. Um, and so Sue's like a really good, I think like that's off the top of my head. That's the one that I'm probably like the most proud of both her and like both myself and Sue. I think like that was like a really big moment. And like, she was, that sure. happened like a few months ago. Um, I really like it when the women I work with, like their kids start noticing and then start like replicating their, their training. Oh, that's cool. Like mom will work out. And then like, um, there was an old, like a client, Elizabeth, where like her, her daughter Kai would like start like trying to lift like mom. And I think like, that's like, she would like start like, you know, mom would dumbbell row. And so like, then Kai would dumbbell row and like, do like, Kai's like four, uh, you know, like, and she's just like, and I think what's cool is that like, she's going to grow up with the idea that like women are strong and lift weights mm-hmm. where like, that's like usually something you have to like figure yeah. out later in life where like, Kai's right. just going to be like, yeah, like women work out and lift heavy weights. And like, that's just, just what like, you do. That's just like a normal aspect of like growing up as a woman. And I think like, that's like mm-hmm. really fulfilling when like, you know, and it, it's cool to see like the mom is able to be an example to her daughter, probably in a way she didn't anticipate. Um, and I think like, that's like a, that's a cool thing to see that like, we're like building the next generation of like strong women. I think that'll be really exciting. Mm-hmm. That's, that's awesome. Great. Yeah. Love it. I love it. Um, where can people find you, Mark? So the, I'm on a bunch of places. Um, but I think the two <laughs> big ones are Instagram at training strong women. And then I have a podcast myself called uh, who's lifting today podcast where like 
we have conversations like this. Um, and we talk a lot about like what weight neutral training looks like. And like, well, if you're not training for the weight on the scale, like what are you training for? And like how to get your first pull up deadlift, like really transitioning your training from being weight loss focused to being strength focused is like the big part of the podcast. Um, I'm on other places too. Those are the big ones. I'm on TikTok as well. It's a wild ride there. Um, <laughs> and then like, yeah, but those are, I think Instagram and my podcast are the two big ones. Great. And I cool. listened to a few of your podcast episodes. They're very good. Yeah. Same. Very I good. Them. That's very flattering. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So meaning in well, the mundane. Yeah. Let's, let's go there. So we'll go first and give you a chance to think Mark. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to hear yours. We always kind of put our guests on a spot, by the way, in 45 minutes, yes. we're going to ask you <laughs> I this. Did, we didn't I did mention this beforehand, but now, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. While you're answering all our questions, figure out what you're going to say later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. You guys go ahead. Absolutely. You got one, Aaron. Yeah. So mine right. was basically my, a lot of different moments this weekend as some of our listeners know I had a vacation planned, a long awaited vacation that got canceled because my, my husband has Meniere's disease, which I've talked about on here before. And actually one of my friends who listens reached out to me and said, I have Meniere's. So oh, wow. it has a purpose, you know, mentioning this and just yeah. kind of building awareness around this because it's really a debilitating thing. So we had to cancel our vacation to Palm Springs. Boo. Lame. And we did our very best to just be very intentional throughout the entire weekend. Cause we had Mondays and Friday, we had Monday and Friday off that over the weekend. And so we had four days to fill. And I feel like we did a really good job of, you know, we would go out to eat and have some beers and, and chit chat and connect like no devices. Um, we made it a point to, you know, like watch a couple shows together and just be together and plan out like, what are we doing today? Just, you know, very similar to what we would do on a vacation. Like, how do we want to spend our time today? Yes. We did some household little things, but it was just very nice to kind of have that expectation that we are setting aside. We're setting aside some time for us to, mm -hmm. because we need this vacation to connect. And, you know, so it ended up being, um, a reasonable, substitute for nice for vacation so yeah nice that's mine. sounds really nice yeah yeah that's that's what what is that take take your lemons and turn them into lemonade right we and <laughs> or throw in some tequila and salt like whatever you, you want go. But <laughs> whatever helps yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. tequila always helps yeah. nice uh for me this, this was last week at some point um i don't know what was going on it was in the evening at, at some time and my oldest daughter was sitting on the couch, just kind of watching TV, you know, spaced out. And I went over and just sat down beside her and just kind of put my arm around her and she kind of nestled in. And then within a few minutes, my youngest daughter um, came over and just kind of sat beside me too and like snuggled up with me. And so I just kind of had, you know, sit on the couch, sort of uncomfortable with my arms around both of them. <laughs> and, uh, and then I started thinking like, ah, oh, I should get up and do this. I need to go take care of that. I need to text this client. But, you know, I just started thinking about all the things I needed to go do and thankfully I just had this like, nope, stop, like sit here mm. for a minute, like, like be here fully enjoy this. And then you can go do the things. Right. And so just for, I don't know, for 10 minutes or so, like, I, I don't even know, like I wasn't even paying attention to what they were watching. I was just like, yeah, like my girls are snuggling me. Like this That's is a rare best. moment. Aww. Yeah. Yeah. So just sat in it was really mindful of what it was and how great it felt. And, you know, just, uh, I, I struggle a lot of times with being preoccupied with things to do, you know, that kind of stuff. And so it was just, it's just, you know, nice little moment of being real present and connected with them. And it was pretty fantastic. Yeah. That's awesome. I like it. That's, That's way better than mine. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> That's what this is really all about. Is just you know what. Who another. has the all best mundane moment? Who has? Yeah, the, let's compete. Who has the, yeah, uh, I think most myself, exciting mundane moment. Yeah, who has the best? Who has the most non-mundane mundane moment? It's like what we're looking for here. Yeah, um, I think the big one for me. So I've like recently like moved in with my girlfriend like the past like month, um, which has been like exciting, and we have been slowly like adding furniture to the place and like little, like we kind of start off with like really not a lot of stuff. We had like the bedroom set up and like, that was it originally. Um, and like, we've been like slowly adding more and more things to the house, which has been really nice because it like is slowly starting to feel more like a home, which I think is good. Mm -hmm. Where I think is like, I think like when anybody yeah. moves to a new place, there's kind of like two weeks where you kind of just feel like you're at an Airbnb 
And it's like, it's mm-hmm. not really like, you're not like home. Yeah. Um, and she is, luckily she has much better taste than I do. So the house looks a lot better <laughs> than like if I was the one deciding, but um, what's been nice about that is that like the house is like feeling more like a home where like every little thing that we buy is kind of like, it's our own personal touch and that it's, um, you know, it, it just, it just feels more comfortable as like the weeks mm-hmm. go on. Um, so yeah, that's my like big mundane moment. Nice. I like it. That's a big feeling, man. Like it's good. Yeah. When things yeah. start to, for me, the big ones are always like not feeling weird about like sitting on the toilet or drinking out of the faucet, you know, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> laying on the carpet. And- like, I don't know what people did here, you know, like yeah, right. once I get past that, it's like, okay. And, and How that's funny. a big shift, you know, like when you feel like, ah, this is mine and not just where I live, but my home, you can relax. That's a, yeah, that's yeah, a yeah. big deal. That's awesome. Well, and n- nesting in together is a, I mean, it's a bonding experience and it's, you know, there's a lot of like give and take and decisions and mm-hmm. all of that that goes into it. So that can feel really, really cool. I know there are some, sure. a few like pieces around our home that I have memories attached to that how Matt and I came to that decision to, you know, put that there or to buy mm-hmm. this thing or whatever. Right. So yeah, I like it. It's good. Cool. Yeah. And look, Luckily for me, she has much better taste than I do. So like the house looks, the house looks, the house looks great. So yeah, I can relate. <laughs> I just kind of, I just, she, she, I just kind of like approve it. She's like, yeah, yeah. I'm just like, she, I like, you're going to know what looked better than I do. So like, yeah. I'm probably, I'm just going to go with like, you want this couch? Same. Cool. Let's get this couch. And then that's like, yeah. The, yeah. whatever you think I'm good yeah. with it. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Well, thanks Mark. This has been great. Yeah, no, thanks yeah. for having me. I really enjoyed the conversation. I uh, was like, cool. yeah, we should do this again. Yeah, yeah I, I feel should. like there's so much that we didn't mm-hmm. get to that I would love to um, yeah. dig into with you. So I'm sure we will do this again. And yeah, um, for sure. thank you. This was, it was really fun just stumbling across your account and being like, hey, this guy needs to be a guest on our podcast because I, I really yeah. knew hardly anything about you before today. So this was really fun. Thank you for joining us. No, thanks for having me. This was great. great. Yeah, awesome. Thank you everyone for listening. Um, please share, subscribe. Um, rate, review, all that stuff. We appreciate it. Helps us get the message out. Thanks. Take care. Bye.